0: Michelle Roche and Amelia Pisano Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM
1: in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live right here on United Public Radio Network, UFO, Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee, who have been a part of our journey since the very, very beginning. So we thank you so much, Folgers. We appreciate you so very much. Also, big thank you to Dr. Snick, a.k.a. Justin Snicker, the sonic surgeon, for his contribution, of his time, his voice, his music, for our intro and outro. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music. And it can be found anywhere that good music can be found. Check them out on Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and so much more. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis, the artistic mind behind our banners and logos here at the outer realm you can find him on instagram and facebook and um check out his artwork he's got a lot of stuff ready to go and he can do amazing commission pieces you guys will love it he does all kinds of horror stuff and uh pretty much anything this guy can just does beautiful work i can't say it enough so go check him out so Tonight we welcome the return of Jim Gerard and he's going to be discussing his continued research in various areas, beginning with the missing hidden secret codes, which are found in the Stone of Orion and Lucifer's link to Orion. Um there's just there's just so much. Like he's just always it just has so much amazing information. I just sit there in awe of some of the things that he says, but he's a whole lot of fun, super knowledgeable. And is always researching. So in order to participate in the shows tonight, guys, head on over to one of the eight different chat rooms that we have. Uh, I believe on Facebook, we are under Canada's Most Haunted. Um slash moi Uh, we've got ufo paranormal radio network united public radio news on the flip side joe montaldo ufo undercover and of course the outer realm Uh, as far as youtube goes check out ufo paranormal the outer realm and ufo gods and extraterrestrials and there we go. And yes, hi, Wayne. Hello, Tara. Hey, Tamara. Uh, Bubbles is doing okay, but um, you know she's still preparing for her daughter's surgery, which is next week. So we're not going to be seeing her until probably sometime um, in the new year. So we're wishing her well. We're sending her a lot of good vibes and all that fun stuff, love and light, and uh, wishing them all well that they can get through it while we hold down the fort over uh this neck of the woods so um of course we thank you guys for for tuning in you guys make it that much more fun oh and frozen but we oh, we are freezing all right we're freezing a little bit guys uh oh hey chris not a lot of bad weather here so not really sure what is going on so bear with us so right now we are waiting for our special guest um, I have not really gotten into a whole lot of research about. Oh, hold on, here he is. We'll just let him do all the talking on this matter. Hey, Hi. hello, how's Hi. it going? <laughs>
2: I just have to hook up a microphone.
1: Okay, we'll wait. Here we go. Yeah, I love to million, Sabrina. Uh, Absolutely. Um, it's definitely going to be trying times for them. Definitely quite a journey and um, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get her back sooner rather than later. So here we are. And bam. <laughs> How are you? Oh, Good. hello, Where's Michael.
2: <laughs> there we go. You
1: Good. Can you hear me? Okay.
2: Oh, yeah. I can hear you fine.
1: Oh, excellent, excellent. So how are you? How was your holidays?
2: Uh, Peaceful.
1: Nice. (laughs) Peaceful is nice. I know. Everybody was getting caught up in like some super mega blizzard out this neck of the woods and cold and, you know, just horrific in parts of uh, northern United States and, uh, you know, Canada and, uh, you know, even some of the southern states were freezing. New Orleans.
2: Very little snow here. Uh, uh, not, not very much cold weather either. Or wow. Snow. Very nice.
1: Very yeah. nice. Well, I know even, even Texas got some cold weather. New Orleans got some cold weather. Um, Ohio. Some of the states that don't usually have it were, were uh, suffering a little bit there. Oh, here we go. Tamara says, "Beautiful mandalas that you have behind you. That's your artwork, isn't it?"
2: Yeah, it behind is. you. Yeah.
1: There we go. <laughs> so, well, um, we, you know, we we've you've sent me over so many amazing things to discuss. Where do you want to start with all of this? Because I know it sort of goes in a certain wave, and I don't want to, you know, ruin your 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 whole uh, groove with it. So let's start with. Richard Stanley, who's gonna be on tomorrow night with Hamilton White, actually. <laughs> so it's just too funny with the timing. Um, you saw him when he was on at the beginning of the month and you kind of had this bit of a revelation and went, whoa, wait a minute, why don't we start
2: there? Yeah, you guys have a, a really good way of uh choosing guests because uh thank you. He's really amazing. I mean, there's something about him that's hypnotic.
1: <laughs> I know, <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Didn't you see us through the whole show going? <laughs> you know, he's 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 just a really great person as well. So, where do you want to start? What what part of the interview gave you this revelation that you needed to discuss what we're discussing tonight?
2: Well, uh, he he mentioned Amanda Radcliffe. Yeah, and uh, you know. If you know her story, uh, she has these two black stones. Right. And when she rubs them together, she gets a a colored red blood sort of liquid that has healing qualities.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: All right. I, I want to start from the beginning because uh, it starts yes. off with a, a reading. Let's do that.
1: Let's do that. We'll come right back full circle into everything. You take it away.
2: Yeah, in 2012, I I did a dice reading that said, the missing hidden holy codes are found in the Stone of Orion.
1: Okay. Now, can we just back up one minute? Can you explain to listeners who have never heard of this, what is the Stone of Orion?
2: Okay, that, that's the story I'm gonna get into.
1: Okay, so okay. Never mind. I'm just gonna jump back out then and let you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, okay. Richard Stanley ties into this whole story about this reading I had. Okay. And and then it goes to Amanda Radcliffe. Okay, so you take it where you want it to go. Okay. So so this reading that I got, I uh, I thought about it and contemplated and thought about it for Ten years. I thought about this because it was just something that struck me. It stood out about this this one sentence. Right. So I got in touch with a friend of mine in Norway. Uh, His wife is a psychic, and I asked her about it. And what she said was that the word Orion, spelled backwards, is Noir. N O I R. Hmm. Which is a French word that means
1: black I'm French I know but aren't you missing a letter in there?
2: Yeah I mean you know you just drop the o and you get noir right okay yeah
1: which is which is black that's right
2: right So now she's starting to tell me about black history in terms of uh, you know hidden knowledge and things of that sort Wow so. Basically what she's saying, you know, she's giving me her uh, perception of what this reading means, which at the time I didn't realize what was a piece of the puzzle. And it was it was kind of like a a stepping stone. Okay. 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 So when when she told me about the word black, and then the word stone is also in the reading. I, I never thought of putting the word stone along with the word black, which gives you black stone.
1: Right, okay. right, yeah.
2: Okay, so um, this sort of goes into like um, the story of Nicholas Rorick, who is a Russian mystic who came to the United States to help with the design of the dollar bill
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And on the back of the dollar bill, you know, I think everybody knows this. There's a pyramid and on the top is the capstone. That's right. Which is a triangle with an eye inside of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what happened was the the real meaning of these uh, mystical symbols became misunderstood over, over the decades because a lot of people started associating these symbols with dark societies. Right, you're right, that's, what, okay. that's the but, big but, one. But yeah. the, ori- the original intention of Nicholas Roerick was not sinister or nefarious or anything like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The, the real meaning of the, the triangle and the eye, which is a circle,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it is this, okay? Mm-hmm. In, in the source codes, which is like the uh, magnetic field of creation, right? You have the, the first image that comes out of the source codes is the triangle, right? Okay. So
1: we're getting to a bit of a sacred geometry thing here, right? Okay, okay.
2: But but for years, I really thought that that the original sacred geometric shape was a circle, right? Because the circle is one line and it's very basic and simple. So Mm -hmm. I really thought the circle was the first image coming out of the source codes. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that the first image is actually the triangle.
1: Wow. Okay. Interesting.
2: And and that's because the triangle represents the material world. Okay. And this is probably where you get the the Tesla three six nine, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So now you have the triangle, and inside the triangle is the circle, or the eye. Right. And what that, what that means is that the seeker is observing the material world. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. The yes the eye is the observer observing the material world Mm -hmm. okay that's the meaning of the image
1: oh that's crazy no you're right everybody leans to the real the secret societies things of that nature because they believe this is information that they have that gets withheld
2: right but but what happened was uh there, there was so much uh you know intrigue surrounding the images of a dollar bill
0: mm-hmm.
2: that after a while people started believing that there was something uh nefarious or or sinister about the image itself but you know mm. images are just neutral symbols right they're, they're right. neutral in their primal state right okay so another thing that happened was um At a certain point in history, the uh, philosophers came to the realization that uh, for the next evolutionary step of humanity to occur, that they had to get a hold of the gemstones that were in the crown of Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Okay? So uh, if you trace the story back to its beginnings of Lucifer, when he got cast Away from Earth, he went back to the Orion Nebula to visit his parents. But he see, was that's tra-
1: where people are going to sit. Right, I could hear it right now going, "Come on, Lucifer didn't have parents." Like they don't.
2: they always want to shoot the mailman. I know. don't <laughs> shoot the messenger, people. Right, right. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, I'm the mailman.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Right.
2: Right. I'm just telling you the story, the, the way yeah. it was presented. No, no, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so he goes back to his parents. And by this time, he's a whole different person. So they, they just think he's crazy. He's lost his mind. He's totally insane. So they throw him out, okay? Hmm. So now he's hovering on the outskirts of the Orion Nebula. And the uh, philosophers on Earth decide that they need to get a hold of these gemstones from his crown for for the next evolutionary step of mankind. Hmm. Okay, so what they do is they send some angelic emissaries to the Orion Nebula, and these angels, they pluck the stones out of Lucifer's crown, and they deliver them to Earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And The black stones that... Uh, Amanda Radcliffe talks about. She even shows them in, in her interviews. Those black stones come from Lucifer's crown.
1: So that's the belief that they are, because they're they're a form of meteorite, are they not?
2: Yeah, they are meteorites. Okay. Okay. okay so, so you know, some people believe that moldavite is also uh, one of the gemstones. And I got one right here on my yeah. neck.
1: Yeah, I've I've got yeah. a I've got a pendant and a ring I wear all the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people believe that Moldavite is one of the gemstones from Lucifer's crown,
1: and also from a meteorite. Like it's very rare. It's only found in what one part of the world, I believe.
2: Yeah, che- Czechoslovakia. Che-
1: yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, it it must have been a pretty large meteorite that shattered into uh, hundreds of thousands of little pieces because.
1: Yeah,
2: there's lots of places that sell moldavite. You know, for,
1: it's easily uh, reproduced as well. Unfortunately, like you know, it's 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 one of those things that uh, you need to really know your stuff to get original moldavite. As a lot of people have tried to replicate it, I think a lot of people get fooled. So, and yet, like you say, there's so much of it. Why not just get the real thing? It's just there's a lot of it out there.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of synthetics out there.
1: Yes, exactly. So it's it's basically, um, so basically then this is supposed to come from Lucifer Stone or Lucifer's Crown. Right. Okay, just catching up. <laughs> okay, okay, go ahead.
2: So, um, you know, uh, before I saw the Richard Stanley interview, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't know anything about Amanda Radcliffe. I had mm-hmm. kind of seen the name before, but I didn't know much about her. Right. So, you know, the, the, the story with her was about her, uh, you know, psychic experiences, and one of them is a a visitation from a, a being that she refers to as the lady.
1: Right. This uh, is what, it, what she said, part of her experience? Yeah. Okay. The, okay, I just the, want to be clear on that, yeah.
2: The description of this lady that visited her, um, it sounds very much like the Virgin Mary. Okay.
1: That's interesting.
2: Yeah. But um, I, I don't think she goes as far as, you know, definitely saying that the visitation that she got was from the Virgin Mary. But no, just a woman. It, it, yeah. They're identical. Right. Okay. Right. So so what happened was this lady appeared to her, and started scanning her up and down for a couple hours. Hmm. And at the end of it, uh, uh, the lady basically said to her, "What? What do you want?" And hmm. uh, it, you know, it sounded to me like, from the way she described her reaction to this visitation, it sounded like she was kind hmm. of or maybe even nervous and, mm-hmm. and then the lady, the lady said to her check your cell phone
1: wow so this this is a vision like is she is she in, awake during this vision or is this in a dream <laughs> state well she's it's awake great. oh yes, god awake okay that's that's crazy yeah <laughs> okay
2: and, uh, you know the experience lasted more than a couple hours
1: wow okay interesting and, uh,
2: you know most of what was going on was this sort of scanning that was going mm-hmm. on. You know, the lady w- was scanning her. Right, okay. right. So, so then the lady says to her, check your cell phone. Okay. And, uh, uh, I think maybe she said, check your boyfriend's cell phone.
1: Okay, <laughs> better. <laughs> that's when she
2: found out that her boyfriend was uh calling his ex-girlfriend oh <laughs> that okay. doesn't sound like it would end very well <laughs> yeah okay so, so, so now you know as the story continues yeah uh she's starting to follow the signs right okay and then uh she walks into this uh store she run, run, runs into a guy who starts telling her of his experience or his visitation by the lady as well.
1: Okay, but well, that's a little bit of affirmation for her.
2: Yeah, so wow. now so now things are starting to connect. okay? Yeah. And then uh, you know she finds out about uh, Montsegur and she winds up going there. You know, because now she's connecting the dots and she's following the signs and the visions and the insights. It's like a it's like a journey, you know.
1: Right, right. So,
2: so she goes there. She meets Richard.
1: Right. Yeah, it's very cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, this is where, like, the whole story for me, like, with the uh, the the reading that I got ten years earlier. Mm-hmm. I got the full revelation as a result of watching the interview with Richard Stanley, who talks about Amanda Radcliffe.
1: When he was on the and show.
2: And black yeah. stones. And right. that's when I realized that the word black and the word stone are both mm-hmm. in the reading.
1: Right. So, so that, yeah, that comes up in your reading. And all of a sudden now you've got a connection you have a destination, a place to connect the dots I guess
2: yeah yeah
1: wow that's very cool that's very cool yeah well Richard knows a lot of people <laughs> he's definitely uh, he's definitely well versed in many things and I think that he draws a lot of like-minded people to him
2: yeah I I really didn't know much about H.P. Uh, Lovecraft yeah before I, before I started you know hearing what he had to say about it
1: right Right. Yeah. He's he's definitely versed. (laughs) That's for sure. So, okay. So basically there's this whole connection with all of this. So what, what comes out of that? Um, She's in Monsignor. She meets Richard. Where do they go from there?
2: I I think from there they, uh, they worked on a film and I I think it was the the color of space.
1: Oh, with Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, you know, she's got several interviews. Uh, one of them is with uh, a guy by the name of Anthony Peake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, you know, she tells the whole story and she brings the stones out and she rubs them together. And, and uh, you know, you get this mm-hmm. red, uh, you know, it's like a blood red sort of liquid mm-hmm. that's out of the stone.
1: Right. And as that's not normal for meteorites, I take it.
2: No, it's not normal on planet Earth.
1: Okay, interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, technically, a meteorite is from outer space, right? So, yeah, can can all meteorites do this, or just these specific ones? Uh,
2: not, not that I know of. I've never okay. heard of. uh I've never heard of any other meteorite. We can do that, right? And uh, the the other thing about these two black stones is that the, uh, that the surface quality of the stones is very smooth. Right. Mm. Okay. Which, which is kind of unusual, too, because, right. usually, you know, when you look at meteorites, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they've passed through a lot of space and, and been through atmospheres and, uh, you know, lots of pressure and lots of heat and, you know, mm-hmm. lots of... Uh, Kind of exposure to things that would you know roughen up the the outer surface of, of the mm-hmm. stone itself right And, right. and her, stone, her stones are completely smooth mm.
1: okay well that's that that's interesting i mean so why do you think that she would have come into the possession of these stones when you say a lot of these stones were taken and brought back to planet earth um where do they all end up? Do we have any idea what other types of stones that there were? Should they not have been put someplace, you know, safe? As opposed to, like, who knows who's got them, really? I mean, Moldavite, probably millions of people around the world who have got their hands on Moldavite. She seems to have the stone, so she was, for some reason, chosen, I guess, to to be able to come across these, you know, what else?
2: yeah there's some aspect of the the idea that that she was chosen to have these stones because um hmm. as far as i know they're, they're the only two black stones that have that quality and she has them
1: hmm. so what is the, the is there a danger to like a mortal having something like this or um what can you do with them aside from you know obviously this is very interesting that they can Pretty much like bleed a red color, but what's what's the advantage of having them? Or what's it? The purpose, I guess, is more what I'm, I'm needing to know.
2: Boy, she'd be a good person to have on the program.
1: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'll have to ask them. <laughs> They're on tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I think that's a question that probably comes up in most people's minds. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why why does she have the stones? What why was she chosen?
1: Where does she get them? Is 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 a, a curiosity as well. Like if these uh, things just I, drop I, out, like a meteorite, you have two stones. How big are these stones? A meteorite's pretty darn big.
2: Yeah, they're uh an inch and a half to two inches in diameter.
1: So where's the rest of it? <laughs> I'd like to know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think she talks about where she got them in her interviews, but yeah. in, I don't remember.
1: Right. I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds fascinating. Um, curious, though, I mean, when you pluck out the stones, how many stones were said to be in this crown? And do we know anything else about the types of stones or where they may have gone?
2: That, that's something I'd like to look into myself because I I would think that there's a there's a lot more details to the original story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the part of it that I heard about is probably just like the uh, the, uh, the just the outer layers of mm-hmm. you know the, yeah. this, this whole thing about Nicholas Rorick, you know, mm-hmm. coming to America and uh, yeah picking up the images and the philosophers wanting the the, the stones plucked from Lucifer's crown. Right. Yeah, there's probably a lot more details to the to the whole story
1: but oh I'm sure there are I mean this is I research a lot and I have to say this is probably the first time i've I've heard any of this and um I think for me like I mean you hear about you know um orion and in connection with the great pyramid things of that nature obviously right because you're literally under um the whole orion You know, star system, but um, I've never heard of anything like this. Is there somehow a connection even to the pyramids?
2: Because a lot of people talk about hidden secret codes. Yeah, the the pyramids is uh, something that came to mind. Like when I first got the the reading ten years ago. Right. Uh, The first thing I thought of was the Egyptian pyramids because uh, not right now but at a certain point in history, right. the pyramids were in perfect alignment with Orion. Yes, yes, that's right. But not only that, but the pyramids are made out of stone. Yes, right, right. Okay, so the stone of Orion, um, you know, if, if, if you look at the, the, the sentence that mm-hmm. came from this reading, Mm-hmm. It really does point to the Egyptian pyramids because mm-hmm. the missing hidden holy codes are found in the Stone of Orion. Right. The Stone of Orion means the pyramids. Yes. Yes, exactly. So,
1: so basically, it means the pyramids, and then we're we can you're also making reference to these two stones as well. So are we looking at synchronicities
2: here or is it just something more yeah. bigger? Uh, right. A, a, a reading which has multiple meanings. Right. Which, you know, a lot of them do have multiple meanings.
1: Right, right. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I think about that, I'm still a little bit curious because I don't quite get the what made her just say, I need to be at Monsignor. What was the 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 one point where she realizes she has to get to Mossinger? Because at this point she doesn't have the stones yet, right? She comes she comes across the
2: stones shortly after. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. I said, she's uh, she's following the signs and connecting the dots. Right. Uh, you right. know, like I'm trying I'm trying to remember all the the details yeah. of, uh, right. how she explained her story, but.
1: Yes. Yeah, we'll have to definitely
2: okay. I, check I it think, out. I, I think I just remembered it. Okay. Uh, she went to see a psychic. Right. And the, the psychic, you know, if, if you go see a psychic and if they, if they have the real psychic abilities, they can tell you, you know, this is yes. going to happen. They can give yep. you like a sequence of events. Right. That are going to happen. Right. Uh, she just thought that that the psychic was just completely batshit crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that happens. I actually, actually, didn't believe it. Right. But you know, when you go yeah. to a psychic and they tell you a bunch of stuff, you know, you you're not going to argue with them if you don't understand it. You just might think they're a little crazy, and you don't you don't get it, but.
1: Well, sometimes you don't even realize it until after the fact. You know how many messages have you given, and it takes. Sometimes you don't hear from people right away because they don't understand it until they really look at it and, and sort of do their own research.
2: Yeah, and and then once it happens, yes, and because you have memory of what the psychic told you,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, when you put those two things together, uh, it it's like the bell goes off. You know. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 you know. Yes. Deja vu. Right. Right. Uh, which kind of brings me to a, a question I was thinking about asking you, now that we're kind of on the subject. Okay. Um, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was kind of wondering, uh, have you ever had uh, some kind of unusual experience that you couldn't explain? All the time. <laughs>
1: It happens to me quite a bit to the point where I've just started really paying attention to synchronicities, numerology, signs, things like that.
2: Uh, Is there a story you can tell me about one of them?
1: Well, okay. So something that doesn't make sense or something I've come to learn um, after the fact. Um, I remember one time driving. I was um, in the U.S., Southern well, Pennsylvania area. And I, let's just say it, I'll, I'll leave it with, you know, somebody in my life, I had a little bit of animosity towards and I'm usually, you know, pretty easygoing, And I guess maybe it was a way of maybe the universe is trying to say, you know, you need to be a little bit easier on this person. Sorry. I see I'm getting a lag here. Um, So all of a sudden I I come up behind this vehicle and I see the person's name on the back of a transport truck with three numbers, which was seven, seven, seven. So which is supposed to be a more of a, of a, you know, an angelic type of like a holier number, right? I'm not religious at all, but this is just what, you know, anytime when you Google it, I'm like, okay, this is what it means. So for me, I look at the sign, I look at the numerology, I look at, you know, maybe, you know, how I I felt at that specific time. And it took me a little bit at first. And then when I thought about it afterwards, I went, now I understand. So in other words, just let it go. There was a message there. And I, I let it go. And, you know, that was it. I never looked back from that point. And that's when I started realizing I need to pay attention. Sometimes things come to me in dreams, visions, downloads from, you know, up there. And I write everything down, whatever I can remember, I write it down. And there's some of it I still can't figure out. I just look at it and I'm like, was I traveling? You know, did I meet somebody in my travels while I was asleep? Because there was something there. There's still things that I cannot make any sense of. I should just send them to you, (laughs)
2: Yeah, Uh, Do you ever hear of a guy named Peter Herkos? No, I have not. Uh, Herkos is spelled H-U-R-K-O-S. Okay. Uh, You don't hear about him very much these days, but around the early 60s, he fell off of a ladder and he wound up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning he discovered he had psychic abilities.
1: Wow. Did, did he have an NDE or did, did he just wake up with these abilities? I don't a know. had near if, death experience or
2: did he? I, I don't know if he had a near death experience or not, but. Okay. Interesting. He definitely wasn't psychic the day before. Oh,
1: very cool. Okay. okay.
2: And, yep. and the, the, re- the reason I brought up this story is because um, when I was two years old, I fell out of a third story window oh good lord
1: right and you just the next day because <laughs> children are pretty intuitive to start with
2: yeah I'm, I mean you know no, nobody really saw the accident happen except for there was a guy that lived next door he was out at the picnic table and there was a a friend of mine who was a few years older than me that was uh Digging the earth with a pitchfork, and uh, he he saw me, you know, coming out the window, and uh, he dropped the pitchfork and he ran over and he put his arms out like this, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I was coming down head first, but what happened was my body hit his arm, and it turned me around. And I landed on my legs.
1: That's crazy.
2: Okay, wow. so what I, what I think happened was uh, that the kundalini was activated as a result of this uh, this accident. Uh, you know, just like the, the story of Peter Herkos, you know, falling mm-hmm. off the ladder. Uh, Do you think it's an adrenaline thing? No, no, it's it's not. I mean, the adrenaline is probably one of the factors. Right. Because, because your body goes into adrenaline. Yeah
1: that's what I was wondering like that whole fight or flight thing just you know wakes up that instinct
2: yeah, yeah, but, but the, uh, the the changeover isn't just specifically adrenaline right it, even though it's it's one of the elements that happen right. yeah you have an accident your your right. heart speeds up your, your kidneys kick in with the adrenaline. Wow. And everything gets faster, okay? Mm-hmm. But but there's something about the way that the the brain is wired. Uh, yes, like I'm basically not. I'm not a psychic. Right. Okay? Right. But what happens, and what what's been happening with me over the years, is I, I get these downloads. Yeah. Okay. Now when I get the download, I get a psychic ability. Mm-hmm. That psychic ability is there, you know, temporarily to help mm-hmm. me get to help me get through, you know, whatever it is I'm I'm trying to get through at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so the first one started when I was about 19 years old. Um I was sitting on a park bench downtown, next to a couple of friends of mine, and the, the one sitting next to me, his name was Joe, and uh, I was I wasn't looking at him. I was just sort of looking across the street, and all of a sudden, I mm-hmm. I felt I felt my my auric feel and my energy just sort of like went like over in his direction. Right, know? right. So I turned, you know, I said to him, Joe. What the hell's going on here? Right, right. You know, is this is this some form of mental telepathy or something? <clears throat> the other guy sitting on the other side of him stood up and said, communication breakdown. <laughs> okay. And and the reason he said that was because there was about a half a dozen to 10 people in that area, that town where I was living, Mm -hmm. who who were all getting the download all at the same time.
1: Oh, that's crazy. So that that has to make me wonder, I will ask you this. Usually downloads, like for me, is because I've had extraterrestrial contact. So have you had extraterrestrial contact and you're just being Uh, given information that you know of?
2: Not, not in the awake state, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like when you're in the dream state, you're actually, yeah. you're actually projecting out of your body. Yes, I agree. But uh, it it would be really difficult for me to to distinguish, right? Uh, if it was an extraterrestrial or not.
1: Right, right. Hmm. Because I I kind of wonder, even with um, Amanda and her experience of this this woman. You know, um, are we looking spirit or extraterrestrial, but I mean, that's where I get my downloads from. There are nights where I could feel hands on my head and I'm asleep, but I could feel being touched. And then I just wake up with new information the next day. Or if I'm researching, like sometimes I don't even realize it's happened. I'm just on my computer and I'm trying to research things for a show. And next thing you know, all this stuff starts coming up and I'm just randomly being pulled into other directions.
2: Yeah, but uh, but you've never had any severe physical accidents.
1: Um, when I was about nine or ten, not an accident, but um, I like you know what it's. I, I've always been told it was an NDE, but it was very very quick. Under because I I pretty much drowned or close to drowned, you know, and got pulled up from and, and very young, and but I was always supercharged like I was always very intuitive because it's just the family I come from is very intuitive and as being a child I was very intuitive um and so I you know I had abilities from early on did they change from that point I think they did in a way but I think somewhere along those lines a door opened and something darker came in or that's when my extraterrestrial experiences started because they're very connected as far as the type of events that occur between, let's say, you know, dark entities and extraterrestrial entities or yeah. beings. I don't like to call them, you know, entities. So, yeah, you know, but um, I have a question for you here by Tamara. Do you know what the stones were originally brought back to Earth, uh, what they were brought back to Earth for? They are not mentioned in the Book of Sacred Stones by Edgar Casey.
2: Well, uh, if they're not mentioned in a book by Edgar Casey, doesn't mean that they don't exist, or there might be some other story that tells a story in a different way, or or perhaps the stones that Edgar Casey is referring to is something completely different.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Here, Wayne. this actually happened i dropped a marble sink vanity on my head yes he did i was helping him move it <laughs> it came down and I have this little dent right here <laughs> so yes yes yes
2: yes we've agreed oh, that, that i wouldn't help yeah, him do yeah. things like that anymore <laughs> yeah. did, did you did you have a vision with brilliant lights <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: here, here you know what here's the thing when that happened you know I've got like blood coming down and it just I didn't it just kind of went like I'm hard-headed but uh, like I said there's a small dent in it and I just got up and went oh I said and then I went to my daughters and hung curtains Like I'm, just, I'm a weirdo like that I just don't seem to be affected by a whole lot of things Um, but I mean when I went to sleep that night did, you know, things happen. I don't know because I travel when I sleep anyway. I get visitations. I get downloads. None of that has ever been different. Yeah. So I, I don't really know, you know. Um, well, I...
2: <clears throat> no, it just means it's...
1: Oh, yeah, it happened. just means it's mentioned somewhere else, maybe in Middle East history. Well, wow, that history goes further back. so pause Yeah, and- my,
2: my feeling is that it's a, it's a reference to something... You know, it's the same category but a different reference. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> what yes, I did. That's really hurting me at one point in the future. Yes, this is also true. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Well, I I think that's a situation where uh you know Wayne there has to run off <laughs> up the hill somewhere to get away from oh.
1: Yeah, we're not really good at moving things around together. <laughs> this is not the first time it's happened. Weird stuff happens, and I should be more injured. See, here's something else. You want to talk weirdness. I should be more injured, and I'm not. I, I just, I'm not, you know? Like, my hand should have been crushed in one thing that, that happened. It wasn't. It was just a tiny little, and yet I've got hundreds of pounds on it. It's just... <laughs> I have no, no explanation for it. So I, I don't know. Does that count?
2: Uh, it, it all depends on whether or not uh, you know the visions and the downloads go on the increase after it happened.
1: They're they're pretty steady. Um, they're pretty steady. So I I don't know. The, the The cruel thing about it all is, and I've heard a lot of contactees say the same thing is that you can't always remember but you may you know somewhere down the line all of a sudden you wake up one day and it's like you know everything it's like they feel that you are at an elevated stage in your evolution or your journey I guess and like okay we feel you're ready and next thing you know you just know everything i don't think i'm there yet because i'm i'm still a bit volatile like if somebody touches me while i'm sleeping I'm kind of one of those, I will break your arm if you don't remove it, as opposed to being love and light, which I normally am and just saying, okay, now I've learned to ease up and I'm like, okay, what is it you want me to know? And I'll calm down, but I don't, I still can't get past the whole, I'm in a vulnerable position right now. Like I'm supposed to be going to sleep. You know, I turn around, like standing right there, I'm awake. I haven't fallen asleep yet, so now I'm a little bit on edge, and I don't take it very well. You know, so that's the thing. Uh, Tamara says, Lovecraft used ancient Middle Eastern history in his stories. So, that, you know, could that have been something with the stones? I think it's a very old history. Middle Eastern history is like super, super old. Um, I would be surprised if it was more hidden in there than we know.
2: Yeah, a lot of people seem to think that uh, a lot of the stuff that he wrote was actually channeled.
1: Ah, yeah. I could see that. Some people, um, I go, Casey, you know, the sleeping prophet, fall asleep and you got all this information channeling, he would just channel through it. And Uh, 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 I could see that.
2: The, the amount of detail and the amount of intensity of his stories
0: mm-hmm.
2: was were, were so high. Yes. It, it, it's, it's hard to believe that someone could just make that all up just by using their imagination.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Um, I mean, there are hours and hours of recordings of his readings, you know, and... Um, I can't, I can't see it because, you know, people would come to him and say, look, you know, I have a fear of water, for example. And he would give them this reading. He would go to sleep and say, well, it's because I see you drowning. This is who you were. This is what happened. This is how old you were when it happened. Like he tells us to people and people just like completely, oh, okay. Like he, he's able to do something in that channeling to help rectify what these people were going through. Like there's so much more to it that we just, you know, the the mind is an incredible thing and our abilities, we are incredible beings. And unfortunately, I think it's just, you know, they're trying to breed it out of us or dumb us up, you know, with technology. And I think we need to get back to earth, to the planet. We need to ground ourselves. We need to spend time in nature don't be in with virtual reality in nature. Just go stand in nature and, and yeah. really get the full
2: aspect of, of what, you, what you where you come from. Yeah, t- take your shoes off and stand on the ground. Yeah, it's called earthing,
1: people. It works. It's the best kind of grounding you can do. You know?
2: Yeah, I want to get back to your near-death experience for a minute. Okay. Um, a, a near-death experience... It's the equivalent of a severe physical accident. hmm I mean, I think that's pretty obvious in, in your case because the, the psychic uh, abilities went on the increase.
1: They did, but I know people who, who you know, like are way, way up there. I'm not, I was never practicing psychic. I think that has a lot to do with it as well. You know, I think if you practice it, practice makes perfect. I, I guess I just seem to know things and I act on them. And if there's a dead person there, I'll tell you what they want me to tell you. Uh, don't think anything of it. I have always used my abilities more to just work and assist people, not in doing readings or anything like that. I was always just very quiet about it. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get sick, really, hardly ever. Not like I don't get a cold like anybody else, but I really don't get sick very often, like seldom. Um, you know, I I don't get hurt. I have a high, super high pain tolerance. Like it's just crazy the things that it's just you know, then drop a marble sink on my head and I'll go and hang curtains within an hour. <laughs> it's
2: like bizarre. Yeah, I I tell people that I'm not psychic mostly because the abilities that I get come from downloads and they come and go. Right. They might last a couple of days or a couple of months or even a couple of years. But Mm -hmm. the other thing is if you start telling people on the internet that you're psychic, they're going to start asking you questions. They want readings. A lot of people, they're interested. The boyfriend or the girlfriend or the lottery ticket or whatever.
1: Those are tough ones. Those are tough ones. I understand the fascination with, with the ability, with the gift. You know, um, I understand the fascination. There's some times where I, I couldn't imagine not having it and not knowing things because I had it my whole life. Yeah. But to someone who's who's who hasn't opened it, I believe we all have it. I believe people can work it and, and open it. Um, but if you haven't, and you, you know, somebody tells you something really remarkable, you know, and that that they they can make a connection to, you know, you can imagine what they're feeling like in that moment. You, know, I mean, I can. It's human nature to want to know more.
2: Yeah, I I, I tell them I'm as, about as psychic as a sledgehammer.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: but, which is true, really, because I, you know, I wasn't born with that kind of. Wiring in the brain that psychics mm-hmm. are born with. I mean, they have this certain kind of wiring, like right. in your brain. Right. They, they can separate their own thoughts from whatever's coming in from the outside. Sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes just like you say, it it, it could just be that a, one, a one-time event that just it just wakes you up. There are people who have um, extraterrestrial contact or abductions who who come back and they say i remember the experience and i didn't have any abilities now i'm i'm completely awakened yeah it, you know it's just like it goes to show you like what was it primal fear that they were feeling being abducted or was it that these beings just sort of
2: went to the
1: head and went here you go it's like yeah. oh.
2: this, this is probably why you know like when you're a teenager and you're saying something stupid and your father slaps you on the side of the
1: head <laughs> yeah maybe
2: <laughs> i don't know i don't. That's, that's kind of like the same thing in a way
1: in a way yes um tamara says psychic abilities change over the years and is stronger or sometimes shuts down and then pops up again when you least expect it right yeah that's yeah that's yeah.
2: that's my point really
1: right so I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, I went to a place called, and I'm sure you've you, you may have heard of it. It's, it's, it's Lilydale in, um, Lilydale, New York. It's a, one of the largest spiritual communities, literally in the world, especially here, this side of the world. And there are some like incredible mediums and they're all tested before they can actually work there and read for people. And, you can go, they do courses throughout the summer. And I think they may even do online now with, you know, I think the pandemic changed a lot of that. And I remember going one time because I have friends who live there and it's a very small community, really interesting, really interesting community. And I had to, I went and saw this medium who I really, I just really adored him. So I went and and, and just met him and hung out and, and got to, I said, okay, I want to, I want to see what You know what you have. He was doing a course, he was teaching people, and it was fascinating, you know, the different techniques that people use to just try to wake you up. And and funny enough, it comes in the form of symbols, (laughs) colors, and numbers. And I, you know, he said, using just those symbols, I want you to take this perfect stranger who, by the way, couldn't stop staring at my cleavage the whole time. (laughs) And and he goes, just just read them. So I just looked at him and through through techniques that I've never used, like to me, I just see a d- deceased person. I'll tell you, this is what they look like. This is what the name is if they give it to me and that sort of thing. So I, it was a whole other technique because I had kind of gotten stumped for a while. I said, I just can't seem to get past this plateau. And he goes, that's because you're, you've evolved and now you have to do it a different way. I'm like, but I like this way. He goes, you can't go backwards. You got to keep going forwards. I'm like, damn okay and I had to really well, retrain myself to do it a different way so I think we sort of get stagnant like a hamster on a wheel for a
2: while and we need to evolve yeah the 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 thinking process is sort of like uh it it's a continuous loop right and it just keeps repeating like in a a circular manner yeah yeah uh, that that's why like you know you keep repeating the same patterns of thinking over and over and over again yes that that's why you're not getting psychic insights yeah because you your thinking is like on a, a one-dimensional it's like a one, it's one one track sort of way of thinking it,
1: it's true and and it came down I learned you know about grounding like to me, I said meditation breathing exercises up oh yeah believe me I could meditate for a straight hour and just keep my arms up, not move, not feel it, not do anything. Like I could do amazing things. That's just a thing. I've always been able to do pretty amazing things. But I, even, even at that point, it's just like, okay, I just seem to be here. Like, you know, you hit that plateau and you just have to pop it out a little bit and go a bit higher Uh, to which I've done. Now I just find all I have to do is just say, okay, show me what do you want me to see? and 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 they show it to me sometimes it may be just if i'm on the computer and i'm supposed to see something if it's supposed to take me a certain way i've had dreams or visions given to me where i'm supposed to assist a certain person who may be stuck on the other side and next thing you know i'm like oh crap okay and sometimes it's in a reference of here's a movie or yep. here's and, and you realize that person was somehow affiliated but, you know, like, for example, one one of the film I saw was about it with, with a certain exorcist. And that was the image I kept seeing. Went in, yep, needed help, okay. Then that same person after the fact came in a different vision, six or eight months, not even, I bet you four months later, with was a, a friend of his, also in the exact same situation, exorcist. Again, I'm like... What is this? An Exorcist League is a club. You know, you all stuck what happened. you know yeah. but but it was a really tragic thing. So we went in and we assisted that individual as well. So sometimes I feel that they just have a way of reaching across and then you do what it is you need to do. And they show you in different ways. It's not always the same way, not for yeah. me.
2: Uh, I, I want to get into the second download that I got. All right. Do it. Okay. So so years later after the first one, yep. I I got a download, which was uh, one, you know, Claire Audience was one of them. Yes. And uh, the other one was kind of unusual in the sense that um, it, everywhere I went, light bulbs were exploding.
1: Mm, I've heard of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's very cool. So uh, you know, one day when I was at work, a pair of scissors, you know, flew off the bench by the by by themselves.
1: Right. And at
2: that point, I started realizing that um, I, I had all of these uh, unresolved issues and a lot, a lot of issues about being angry at somebody that did me wrong. And that's all I thought about during the day while I was at work. Right. Cutting furniture. All I could think about was all, all of these things I didn't like. Right. And it was just sort of you know you're generating a a magnetic field in with your thoughts with, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. rage and anger is what's going through you. Mm-hmm. It's actually, like a like a tornado of energy. It's almost
1: like psychokinesis. It, it the production so, yeah. of energy, yeah.
2: Yeah, that,
1: that's, that's uh, what it is, you know. Yeah, I, I run into that with people all the time. It's easier for people to think, and I say this all the time, I've encountered a lot of people who've had, you know, what they believe are really malevolent energies within their space. And meanwhile, I always try to find out, well, what's going on in your life? Because it's the projecting energy. The doors are opening, closing, footsteps, things like that. Yet you go in and there's nothing there at all. It's they're projecting that energy. Like we really are powerful beings. And yeah. we we don't give ourselves enough credit. It's easier to think that we're giving credit to another type of entity or being when we really are powerful enough to, to do that ourselves. Did,
2: did you ever hear of a, a TV program called vengeance unlimited
1: no but it sounds like it's something i'd
2: probably like it, I, I think you'd get a, a really good laugh out of out of this one okay what's it about it it came on a long time ago and the, the guy that played the part was michael madsen right
1: i know that name yeah
2: yeah he, he plays a lot of these sort of you know rough character types right Right. But in this TV program, he he's sort of like a lone uh, gunman type of guy who, who who likes to track down the bad guy and torture right. him. And, you know, he likes to get back at them for the kind of things that they did to other people.
1: It sounds like the TV show Dexter <laughs> a little bit.
2: But th- this one's better than Dexter. I've seen okay.
1: that. <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Okay, so... Right. So he he captures this one bad guy, you know, Mm. and he says to him, hey, what's your story? You know, what's your problem? When you were four years old, did somebody steal your tricycle? Oh,
1: right. So he reads them.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I I, I think that's what we're dealing with here. Right, right, right. if, If you look at the behaviors, of, of a certain person, and that mm. they they always behave a certain way in certain mm. situations. Mm-hmm. It it all traces back down to sometimes a, a single experience, but
1: yeah, because people aren't born bad,
2: not no, not usually not necessarily.
1: Yeah, there's I some kind of an experience that um that has triggered the certain behavior you know, but I also think it's how we're conditioned, you know, we're, we're conditioned a certain way, whether it's through education, religious backgrounds, faith, um, the sins of the father, as they say, you know, um, lineage, maybe there's generational, you know, baggage that just stays with us A past life baggage that stays with us. Um, there's, there's a whole array of different things, karmic stuff. How much karmic stuff do you bring into your current life and you just wonder, okay, why does everything go wrong, for example? Like, why does everything in my life go wrong? Especially if you're a good person. Well, that sounds to me like it's something karmic
2: or past life related. uh, When a child is born, there's a gelatinous uh, film in between the two brain halves. It's actually the whole entire life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But when you're born, this gelatinous membrane prevents you from remembering traumatic experiences from a past life.
1: Oh, that's interesting. That's
2: interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's... it's kind of like a, it's a two-edged sword in the sense that yeah. even, even though it 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 kind of helps you with an easy sort of re-entry into a physical avatar, mm-hmm. at the same time, it prevents you from remembering past lives.
1: And that's, again, that's like, I think, one of life's you know, cruel jokes because you're supposed to better yourself or maybe you're supposed to, you have that karmic thing, you know, you're going to come back and you're going to learn this lesson. Well, I can't remember it. So how am I supposed to know if I'm learning it? Like, which is, is, well, is really cruel i understand why you shouldn't remember some past lives you know how many people if you killed somebody and you're a really good person now it would affect you how many losses did you suffer where you really miss people and who maybe didn't come back with you or may not you know like i get that whole thing but i think it's just really cruel that you're not allowed to remember when you're supposed to better it or not repeat it yeah and how many people get sick and fear death And yet they've died how many times? This shouldn't be something that you fear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just like that that vicious cycle that just keeps going round and round and round. You know, we and I were just talking about that today. Why do we fear death? We've done it so many times. I know.
2: know. Yeah, the amount of fear that a person has about dying is is equal to the amount of emotional attachments that they have to things like family and friends and it's true you know, living the kind of lifestyle that they have the, the more they are emotionally the more difficult it is for them to deal with dying
1: so basically you should not attach to not, not just things but you shouldn't attach to people you have to try to get yourself to attach it's funny because my one of my sons told me this when he was quite young i mean i say quite young you know he was probably like 18 but for an 18 year old guy to come out and say you know i'm just an attachment to you you shouldn't be attaching i'm just like shut up yes i'm very attached to you you're my child i birthed you i raised you you're mine and you know and i laughed so because i said you have to be a parent to understand and when he had a child you know, I remember going up to the little baby going, Oh, look at I have a new little attachment to love. He just scowled at me. I'm like, see, yeah. it's not so easy to do. How do we how do we not attach to people? We're conditioned to love them. How do we not attach? Which is hard karmically.
2: Live with them.
1: I was, I was one of these parents that never wanted my children to leave. Oh, school starting after the summer? Damn it, already? Yeah, parents dancing in the aisles, yay. And I'm just like, no, no, I don't like this at all. I was just one of, I'm really an unusual individual. You know, so yeah. it's hard not to. Tamara says, fear of death may be attached to past life traumatic death. So it's a deep-seated emotion and fear.
2: I could see that. Yeah, it could, it could be a subconscious fear uh, a, a traumatic subconscious fear from a past life, which is, you know, all your past life memories are trying to uh, break through mm-hmm. to the thinking mind in the awake state. But, but they can't do that because, you know, we're indoctrinated by the school system. We're uh, even indoctrinated by our parents everything it's it, it just that's why I always say like the sins of the Father gets passed
1: down. What about like DNA imprinting? you know like like our lineage that has imprinted? Let's face it, like my grandfathers both fought in a war. you know I have I have ancestry of Knights Templars and and just knights on average, you know, really historical figures and and I have that same mentality. I have a warrior mentality. So obviously some of that imprints on us, their descendants. What about something like that?
2: Yeah. My, my father, uh, he was from, uh, I think it was from New Brunswick in Canada. Right. Uh, you know, back then uh, somebody had to go to work to support the family. That's right. And uh, it, At the age of eight years old, he started working in a factory Mm -hmm. to support his family. And he worked from the age of eight all the way up into his late 60s.
1: Jeez. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard.
2: Worked nonstop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, in 1935, my parents came to the United States. You know, they immigrated and uh, they rented a house, they bought a car, Mm -hmm. they had five children, and they did it all on one income.
1: Different times. I think our standards of of living are, are, you know, we're very materialistic, which makes it difficult. Wayne says, we must learn to love the essence and not so much the physical, because the essence is eternal. But, and with that being said, though, it's the physical that we see every day. If we could see essence, I always say if people could see the soul when they look across the table at them at an individual, I don't think we would have the prejudices that we have right now. It's really difficult to, because all we, we we are in that part of the world where many people, we are in the world on average you know, who this is what they see. I think when you're dealing with the indigenous people, you know, they their way of life was just so different, and they see the beauty in so much. Nature yeah. is everything. You know, they protect it. They understand it. We don't have a lot of understanding of that. We're in a very
2: materialistic world. Yeah, the, the, the boys of the uh, Native American tribes at a mm-hmm. certain age, like maybe yeah. 16 or 18
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, was sort of required to go into the woods by themselves for about two weeks and just uh, listen to the sounds and meditate,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and be there until they get a vision from the great spirit. That's right. And, and then, you know, by doing this, this was sort of like their uh, initiation into manhood, mm-hmm. but it wasn't required for the women.
1: No, it's funny. But yeah, it it tells me that the abilities were nurtured. And I think not so much in in many cultures. They don't nurture those those abilities, you know, because that's your initiation into manhood. You go out, you meditate, you listen, you become one. Like we don't we a lot of us don't grasp that, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to make a really quick uh, station ID and sponsor ID and then um, we have other topics that if you want to roll into we could roll into because I think it all has to do a little bit with what we're talking about. Uh, So for those who are just tuning in you are listening to The Outer Realm and our special guest tonight is Jim Gerard. We're talking about we're talking about many things. Actually, we started out, of course, with the um, missing hidden secret codes found within the stone of Orion. We're talking about psychic abilities, we are talking about lots, and and it's going to keep going. So you are, again, listening to us here on the outer realm we're broadcasting live on united public radio network ufo paranormal radio network 105.3 and 107.7 fm from new orleans um we are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at folgers coffee we are just so grateful to have them in our corner thank you folgers for having enough faith in us to be with us for all these years and um both nights. Thank you. Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker for his contribution of his time, his music, his voice for our intro and our outro. We thank you very much. Steve McGinnis, uh, the man, an artist behind our artwork and logos here at the outer realm. So thank you guys all for um, just being part of us. So thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Okay. Back here before we continue on, Wayne says, even in school, we're taught to see the physical, not so much see beyond it. If we cannot, or if it can't be seen, touched, et cetera, then it's not real. So part of the issue is maybe start of the issue. Yeah, yeah. part of the issue, the start of the issue. Absolutely. So there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, you sent me some very interesting information. Uh, if you want to touch on on any of it, I think it definitely blends in with um false narratives you know exposing false narratives um on god and religion and things like that because you're thinking we like to think it's a control thing but in a way it is <laughs> we're conditioned yeah, yeah. to think a certain way how do how do you how, what is your research shown you about it and how do we change that
2: i i really thought about this for quite a long time, because I, I started noticing that uh, this this narrative kept coming up in a mm-hmm. lot of uh, a lot of opinions, and it seems to be gaining a lot of traction right now. You know, a lot of people are talking about this matrix that we're in is sort of like a illusionary holographic sort of yeah. You know, like a dream world that we're living. <laughs> it does
1: feel like that sometimes.
2: <laughs> and, and there is there is some truth to, to this idea that this false narrative
1: no. was
2: was created in in the minds of men, right. and that there was, there was some sort of um, agenda behind doing that. I mean, it, you you can't deny that it that it exists. Okay. Okay. But, you know, the, the point that I was really trying to get at in this write-up that I sent you was that mm-hmm. that this narrative is something that's created in the minds of men on the mental platform. But just because they're saying that there's, that there's you know, God was created by the minds of men and that religion was created by men, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that there's no God.
1: Oh no I definitely believe there's there's definitely a creator without without a doubt so I mean something's out there I guess it's a matter of who do you deem the creator to be that's one of life's biggest questions who is the creator
2: Yeah this narrative is uh, to me it's extremely dangerous because it it has a great deal of appeal to the way people think about themselves and the way that they, they think about their relationship that they have with each other and with God and, and the universe. And it's very appealing to think that, you know, you're God and you're the creator and your thoughts are making it all happen. Mm-hmm. It's very appealing. Well,
1: it's manifesting your own reality in a way.
2: Okay. I want, I want to get into this and try and explain it a little bit. <laughs> hey, you go for it. I'm following. Okay. we, As humans, we have an auric field. yeah, And that auric field extends, I don't know, maybe 12 feet or 20 20 feet or whatever. And the planet Earth also has a a geomagnetic field. And what's happening is uh, there's this magnetic field that we exist in. And there's your personal magnetic field, which is your aura. And then there's this oceanic-sized sort of magnetic field, which is, you know, I'm calling it a magnetic field, but the the, the original idea behind it is that the, that magnetic field is the Godhead, mm. okay? So <laughs> what, what's really happening here is in, in its primal state, this magnetic field is unagitated, okay? Hmm. It's like a a field of energy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have form, it doesn't have shape, it's just energy, okay? right. Right. And And it's unagitated, okay? And then we come along, now we have all of these thought forms that are formed out of desire and these desirous thought forms start to agitate that magnetic field. Okay mm-hmm. what i'm saying is this, this magnetic field this godhead is is the power that makes the arrangements for the events mm-hmm. that fulfill all of our desires okay but you're not you're not doing anything except having desires
1: so okay so let's just say let's just think matrix in a way so what are we really just laying in a bed somewhere and we're manifesting er- this whole, everything that we are right now that's our desires our manifestations that's that's, that's what we're thinking wow <laughs> I don't know. oh
2: that's 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 don't, deep. Don't, what you're describing is thoughts. yes okay right so, so what I'm, I'm plugged in. <laughs> is we, we have these thoughts. We have these desires. Okay? Right. Now, you might have the desire that you might want to be in a state of ignorance. I mean, you know, right. let's face it, ignorance is bliss. Sure is. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> Can be. Okay. If if that's what you want, then yeah. the magnetic field makes arrangements for you to be in a state of ignorance. Right. And it covers your consciousness with a veil so that you, you don't get to the spiritual knowledge. You're just thinking, well, okay, I'm going to go bowling and play video games. Right. right. So,
1: you know, you stay in
2: the state of ignorance. You can stay there your whole life if you want to. Right. Whatever you want, the Godhead will give it to you. Right. Okay, But on the other hand, you might want spiritual knowledge. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what happens is the Godhead will send an avatar to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the teacher arrives when the student is ready.
1: Uh, I'm so stuck on Matrix. Like, I understand... Again, or, or a manifestation of reality that so many people don't realize. Because from what you're saying, you're living with your thoughts. You are saying, this is what I want to do. This is what we're doing. So if that's the case, we really can manifest our own lives, what we want to do. It should be that easy. You're, but yet we can't seem to do it. You're creating the blueprint. But very few people can actually do that. But somehow we're creating a blueprint because we're all here. You know, yes. I've said I want, I want my my walls to be like a burgundy. I want this, I want this, I would like, you know, I'd we, like this. You
2: know, we're we're here thinking that we had, you know, uh, some type of ability to uh manifest this reality with our thoughts. But what I what I'm saying is that. The the blueprint is created by these thoughts and these desires. Mm -hmm. But it's the Godhead who is in control of millions of demigods that make it happen. These demigods are forces of nature. They control the wind. They control fire. They control the earth. They control strength, intelligence, politics, events, anything you can think of is all being done by these demigods that are under the control of the Godhead. Right. And it, it's your thoughts that create a blueprint, and the Godhead reads that blueprint and orders these demigods to make the arrangements. I mean, you know, for example, right now, we're, we're in an arrangement that was formed by a thought or a desire, which is a blueprint. And now, the avatar is here. Mm, okay. right? Because the, the desire for this type of knowledge, the spiritual knowledge, the desire is, is there. So the avatar arrives to deliver that knowledge.
1: It all makes sense. Tamera <laughs> so says life-
2: to Material desires and possessions.
1: Life is the agitation to remove material desires and possessions as to Mara. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're trying to get to that point where we're trying to get away from physical everything to help with our awakening, evolution, that sort of thing, then... Why are we trying to manifest like this? This blueprint. Why does it include so much f- physical possessions, and why not more? You know, evolution getting us into a third. You know, like a higher density. Like, why are we stuck? What are we missing?
2: I, I think the answer to that is history.
1: Right. Okay. elaborate?
2: Well, the, the reason I say that is because. I, I think we have the tendency to, to think that, you know, the the world is going to be a better place tomorrow. Right. And that there's something that we can do. Like we can all get together. We can unite. We can put our thoughts together. We can become a country once again. Mm-hmm. or We can become like a a global mm-hmm. brotherhood or something like that. Right. But, but if you look at history, it doesn't matter how far back down the corridors of history that you look at and study, mm-hmm. the material world has always been the way it is now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it, it will always be the way it is now.
1: So does that have to do with ego?
2: Well, you know, th- there's a species living on planet earth called humans. Yeah, lots of ego. <laughs> no, no. Right. <clears throat> I mean, I, I know exactly what you're driving at and and, and what you're saying because mm-hmm. I I felt exactly the same way. Right. You know, what you're describing, I've, I've experienced it and felt that way for many, many years. But but once I looked into history that goes back, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, even millions of years, like in the Vedic cosmology, mm-hmm. The, the Mahabharata of India is a compilation of 10,000 books mm-hmm. that covers millions of years of human history. It's all the same. you know. So it's like
1: a vicious circle that just keeps... You know,
2: you've, got, you've got all these, these angels and good guys and demigods and the godhead mm-hmm. fighting against demons. You know, the demons are always there. Mm-hmm. there's always demonic entities mm-hmm. you know we're in the age of Kali right now which is the age of ignorance mm-hmm. but the age before this one they had the same thing, demons and then the age before that one, demons but demons. are we're
1: looking at angels and demons religious people will tell you, people of faith will say angels and demons people who are more like ufologists, for example, will say no, they're like archons or they're reptilians or they're light beings. Are like, do we know, or is this? This comes back to religion again, faith,
2: uh, or lack of. <laughs> you're the demon. Mm. <laughs> you know, in, in this age, yeah. every every person is both angel and demon. The yin and the yang. Yeah, you you can go either way.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, you you try to be as as angelic as you possibly can. But, you know, sometimes the demonic side comes out. Right. And it it comes out in your behavior. Right. Hmm. But, you know, it's not totally a bad thing either because your dark side can also come in as something that protects you. Well, it's, it's shadow work right yeah yeah
1: yeah you know absolutely so um well i mean okay we're made up of energy um how does how does our how is our energy affected by every day i mean we live and if you live in a city you know you've got cell phone towers electric towers microwave towers uh um, you know, underground, overhead, in the sky, in space. Like we're kind of, we're, we're real sort of at the mercy of technology right now. And does yeah. that hinder our our abilities and to manifest or, you know, our psychic yeah, ability, the, uh,
2: and everything? The electromagnetic pulse, which is written out as EMP. Right. Uh, we're, we're surrounded by it because we live in cities. And, you know, there's cell towers and there's smartphones and mm-hmm. computers and even light bulbs and refrigerators mm-hmm. give off a certain amount of electromagnetic frequencies. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it, it disconnects us from the earth and it disconnects us from the, the spirits of the earth so that we're, we're no longer communicating with these spirits.
1: No. No, but you would think energy would, um, I mean, spirits will absorb energy to be able to move around. I mean, energy is begets energy, you know, but I guess these types of energy, not so much. I mean, for a spirit world, it might be great, but for we as people, it disconnects us. Yeah. For me, since we've had, um, you know, I know like the the towers, the new the new towers. I don't want to say it because we might get flagged <laughs> right here. But um, the new towers that they have out that they put up over the last couple of years, being you know with my own abilities, I feel like the frequencies that I hear, it's deafening sometimes. And this wall, or this house, this walls are like three feet thick, and yet if i pick up on one of those frequencies it's like deafening it's like screaming so i think people who are you know sensitive to energies that's
2: another downfall yeah you know it kind of makes me appreciate the fact that i i don't have that ability that would drive me nuts. It does. I,
1: I could be sitting here sometimes, and all of a sudden, one ear go, and it goes, and it just pitches high, high up. Yeah. Sometimes, if I'm trying to go to sleep, it's the same thing. Now, whereas what used to happen before these um, amazing towers um, was that I could hear dimensional things, or maybe airwaves. I could pick up on conversations. Sometimes I'd hear. Old-fashioned music. Sometimes I would hear those things like that. I don't hear that as much anymore, as I do these things. And they could go at any given time, no matter where I am, yeah. because you're out there. I'm more protected, obviously, in this house because of the walls. But every now and then, you know, if I'm too close to a window or something,
2: yeah, I'll catch it. Yeah, there was a guy. I did a video, and what he did was he um, he took aluminum foil. And he covered all of, his, all of his walls. Right. Ceiling. You see it
1: in movies. And you think,
2: what is this guy doing? Well, you know. Yeah. The uh, tinfoil hat idea isn't such a bad idea. Think <laughs> right. about it. Right. Okay. So what he did was uh, he had like a, a meter, you know, like a ele- electromagnetic meter.
0: Right.
2: You know, to, to measure the amount of. Um, electromagnetic frequencies that were coming into his house.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And he didn't live far, you know, from a tower. And uh, he went into a room where there was no aluminum foil on the walls. And, and the meter, the needle in the meter, went into the red. Wow. But as soon as he walked into the room with the aluminum foil on the walls, it went down to zero.
1: That's really interesting. I remember seeing this in, in one of these sci-fi movies and I thought, hmm,
2: what's this yeah. all about? But yeah. wow. Not 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 so sci-fi as you might think.
1: Well, I think a lot of movies are actually like that. So that's actually interesting. Note to self-quote by a lot of tinfoil. <laughs> um, yeah, that, wow. Wow. That's mind-blowing, actually.
2: Yeah, the, the tinfoil hat thing kind of reminds me of the, the little green men phrase that comes up. It's true. Well, yeah. uh, you know, we're talking about UFOs. Right. Uh, you know, most people don't know this, but there was a sighting one time in the 1950s Right. where the, these little beings showed up and they were green. <laughs> you know? They were little green men from outer space. Right. It, right. it actually happened.
1: Well, yeah, I mean some people will tell you that's grace can be actually green and there's a theory it depends what they eat and. You know you have the little artificial intelligence ones which makes it interesting um in the notes that you sent you said something really interesting i'd like you to elaborate i'm just i'd like to come down and and read it it says here from a certain perspective we are not alive nor dead but somewhere in between where we exist inside an oceanic bubble of electromagnetic frequencies that we are more like zombies ghosts lost souls wandering in a spirit world it almost feels like we're we're in a dimensional bleed through kind of thing because we're multi dimensions, you know. Can you explain yeah. that that uh, sentence? Like get yeah, into that a little bit. I,
2: you know, I I I really I'm not leaning towards the idea of waking people up because the the real problem is that you know we're surrounded by these electromagnetic frequencies. Yes. And so, so the idea is to, you know, try and come up with ways where you can uh, reduce the amount of electromagnetic frequencies that are bombarding you every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. But it's either that or move out into a, an area like way out in the Bonies right. and not even but- have electricity.
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty much what you'd have to do. But eventually, you you know, you have to venture out somewhere that's going to that's going to have it. You know, you have to go. You know, if you go grocery shopping, or you just have to go visit somebody. Or like, there's only there's only so much you can get away from. But it would be interesting to see if there's a way of minimizing the effect. I guess is is the best way I, to ask it.
2: I have some. Uh filters on my wall socket Mm -hmm. and it comes from a company called green wave okay and what these filters do is they they filter out what's called dirty electricity wow okay so i have one on on my refrigerator and the reason i have it on my refrigerator is because the dirty electricity that you get from a refrigerator collapses the magnetic field of fruits and vegetables.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So this filter minimizes that.
2: Yeah, it cuts out the dirty electricity. Now, what a refrigerator does is it, it drops the temperature, okay? And by dropping the temperature, it preserves the fruit or the vegetable, you know, for several days More than than ordinary, okay? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the dirty electricity collapsing the magnetic field, which is the life force, Mm. and it's the life force that keeps you alive.
1: Right. Wow. I never would have, never would have put those things together.
2: Yeah. I'll give you an example. Okay. Like if you take a tomato, let's say, and you wrap it up with aluminum foil. Right. right? You bury it in the ground. Three months later, you can dig it up and it'll still be fresh. Okay. It's not (laughs) not the temperature. Wow. It's not the temperature that keeps it. Preserve. It's the magnetic field. Wow. I have to try that? I do. No, it's
1: a good survivalist thing. That's a good yeah. survivalist thing.
2: Yeah, back, back in the early 80s, me and two buddies of mine and this girl I know uh, got into a van and we were kind of researching the uh, entrances into the inner earth. And I, I had read somewhere that in Goshen, Massachusetts, there was an opening in the ground in a cemetery, which may have been one of these uh, leading down to one of the th- that went into the inner earth, okay? So what we did was we drove out there and uh, we, we found the opening and we climbed into it and crawled down to the very end of it, which mm-hmm. came to an end after you know, 30 or 40 feet. It was kind of frightening for me because I'm kind of claustrophobic. Right. But uh, what, what we found out later was that this tunnel, which came to an end, was actually used for them to store their food and it acted as a refrigerator. Wow. Not because of the cold temperature, but because they were storing the food in the earth
1: to that it makes so much sense it does yeah. that's why so many people have root cellars underground
2: that's right and that's how they did it back then right okay mm-hmm. so so when refrigerators were invented people started relying on refrigerators instead of doing it the traditional way Oh, well, it would be hard in the winter. Let's face it, like, it Any time of the year, it's just much easier to throw everything into a refrigerator, right? So, so what happened was they started getting this, this idea that it, that it was the cold temperature that was mm. preserving the food, which does work, you know, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't realize was that the life force that in the fruits or the vegetables magnetic field is what they needed to preserve. And then the refrigerator is
1: killing the life force of the, right. the vegetables. I don't think but, people realize either, and correct me if I'm wrong, that fruits and vegetables, plants, trees, I mean there's a whole you know this is this is life. You know, it's it's like I saw an experiment at one time where they had two plants in a high school both behind glass. And the experiment was every day you would go and speak kindly to one plant and you would literally terrorize the other plant say bad things to it and within yeah. a week the plant that was praised was just thriving and the plant that was insulted every day yeah. was wilting and dying um so yeah. there's that life force i think is what you're you're talking about but there's there's yeah. some kind of a, of a of a consciousness
2: yeah it's uh, you know it It's like we were discussing earlier about uh, how your emotions Mm. can affect physical objects. Like in in my case, the light bulbs were exploding. Right. Right. And a pair of scissors flew off the bench by itself. I mean, you know, same thing with plants. I mean, they're alive. And they're they're a life force, they're a living entity. They have life Mm
1: force.
2: And they, they feel your thoughts and your emotions.
1: Water as well. Yeah, you water. Know, you do the same thing with water, and then you go to, you know, you freeze it so you can see it better, what it does, you know, and you speak kindly to to your water or you give it good intentions and then you go the opposite with with everything else, then you end up, you see when it freezes what you've done to the water.
2: Yeah, they're, they're also finding out now that water retains enormous amounts of memory, just like quartz crystals.
1: Yes. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. We're, we must be a really good show because the porn bots are just spamming us like crazy. I'm blocking as we go along, but oh my God. Let's, let's get some comments. I know. Well, we're getting comments right now. They're all... Uh, they're all porn bots. <laughs> now I mean, we're we're definitely um you know people are listening because I'm seeing all the numbers tallying up. But people don't be shy, get in the chat room. We only have a few minutes left. Um, so you know, at well, we are coming up to the the top of the hour, uh slowly but surely. What do you have coming up? Like where where is your research? Taking you next because you're always delving, you're always looking and researching. What's what's the next interest? What are you bringing us next time? I guess is what I'm looking at.
2: <laughs> I, I think the best way to answer that is to say that uh, you know that this this thing that I was I was kind of explaining to you about the downloads, uh, you know I had three or four of them throughout my whole life. Mm. But there, there was um. I started watching the X Files again, and you know, every once in a while, I like to revisit the X Files because all of the stuff they were talking about, you know, right. back then, is, I mean, we're in it now. Right. That's true. You know? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, one of the episodes was about this pyrokinesis. Okay. And you what know, is that exactly? Well, pyrokinesis is the ability to uh, create fire with your mind. Right, okay, pyromania, right, got it. Yeah, like the the Carrie movie with Drew Barrymore was about this little girl that could throw fireballs and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so so what happened was, is I was watching this video about pyrokinesis. Mm -hmm. I started thinking back on what my thoughts and beliefs were about these downloads that I've been getting throughout the years, Mm -hmm. and I realized that uh, these beliefs and these thoughts and beliefs that I had about these downloads was totally wrong. Mm -hmm. See, what was happening was I would get these downloads and have these psychic abilities for a while, and then they would go away. Right. But, you know, I was having so much fun with these abilities that when they went away i would i would get upset well for sure
1: because it's like being given a gift and somebody just taking it from you that's that's
2: i wouldn't be too happy with that yeah and and then when once i realized you know that i was sort of basing my my belief system around this emotional attachment to having these psychic abilities Everything changed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it, it, it was very transforming for me. Right. So now I'm I'm feeling much more peaceful.
1: Right. Right. That's a good thing though.
2: That's you know but, but the other thing that I realized was that another download is coming soon. Okay. But, but that yeah. download that download is global.
1: Okay. And what will that download entail? And how do we know what's happening or what to look for?
2: Okay. We're, we're at the point of no return right now. Okay. We're also at the point of what they call divine intervention. Okay. And, and the reason that we're there is because, you know, we're backed into a corner. Pretty much. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no place else to go.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: And once. Once the human race reaches that point in time where there's no other alternative, mm-hmm. then then the, these energetic currents of divine intervention step in. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. But you have to get to the, the end of the road in order for this type of phenomena to happen. Right. And it's going it's to happen in the form of global download. Okay and what kind of like
1: what should we look for do we have any idea what this download will entail
2: you don't have to look for it
1: it'll just happen some people you know you could like smack them right upside the head with something like that and they still won't get it <laughs> whereas other people feel it coming a week away they know like yourself they know it's coming
2: yeah the the ones and we've that got Mercury
1: retrograde right, right now. Might, a lot of people might be thinking that they're being knocked on their asses too. Yeah. I mean, you know,
2: there's <laughs> right. going to be some that don't get it, but, you know. Right. Those people will be on the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> you know what and, I
1: mean? Yeah, in a fetal position. What just happened to me? Let me get to a couple of quick comments. Um uh, Kenlyn says, I have the same thing that happens with my ears as well. The ringing gets so intense that I wince and it almost kind of hurts. It does. I also think I pick up hearing whispers and very soft music when I have my noise machine on. Yep, I could see that a lot of people get that. Definitely. But that's you tuning in. That's really good. You're paying attention to that. Tamara says you can put a pyramid wire over fruit and it will stay fresh longer. Helps the energy field of the fruit as well. Wayne says when I'm preparing a meal, I always tell the food I'm preparing that I appreciate them and that they're part of my journey. And I'm thankful for them. And they will be, you know, they will be with me on this journey, basically. So. See, a lot of people, you know, get the whole the whole right idea when it comes to this. And maybe that is part of the evolution, you know, of our species is being aware that something yeah. so simple can, you know, manifest something entirely different.
2: Yeah, I think the idea is, is to just, uh, you know, find your, your own bliss from within and, and be as peaceful and happy as you possibly can you know, living in this batshit crazy world.
1: (laughs) It's, it's, It's there for sure. We're in different times for sure. I think everybody has to sort of find their place and their, their peaceful place. I like to say, you know, live your best life, live your adventure. I say it all the time. Just find that, that happy medium for yourselves. So before we, we call it a night, um, tell everybody how they can find you and, uh, you know, do you want messages? Do you want, you know, maybe people can help you with your future research if there's something specifically you're looking for.
2: Yeah, if you could post my uh, Facebook uh, link. I will. Uh, they, they can get in touch with me there. And if they want, okay, you know, a palm reading or dice readings or anything okay. like that, I can, you know, I can talk to them on Skype and explain it first.
1: Okay, what I'll do is I'll go in and grab it and I will put it in the description of the show so it will always be there and it will go across all of the archives also. So thank you so much for joining me again. Um, You know, Amelia apologizes for not being here, but she's her daughter's going in for kidney transplant um, next week. So she's off now for probably, you know, a few weeks anyway um, because I know she would have loved to have been here. And I will email you, of course, when the show is over, and maybe we can do this again in the new year. Uh, we're booking a bit ahead. like you know, we book up pretty quick, but I'm always interested in your research, and I'm always interested in uh, having you on. You have an open door policy with us. So
2: Yeah, I really looking forward to this uh, interview tomorrow with Richard Stanley.
1: Oh, Richard Stahilly and Hamilton White. Lots coming from them. They're very good friends. And they've been working on some projects together and uh, in the south of France, of course. And that's all going to come to light tomorrow. And for everybody who's listening, it will be a live show. I know Hamilton usually likes to pre-record. Richard always likes to do live. So it's going to be a live show, guys. So um, just light up the the chat rooms. They're, They're definitely both going to be here and uh, hopefully, you know, Wide Awake, <laughs> that's directed to Hamilton. <laughs> so he's up past his bedtime.
2: <laughs> but I'll be watching that one.
1: Okay, that's perfect. Thank you. So thank you very much. And I will most certainly be in touch with you very shortly.
2: All right. Thanks, Michelle.
1: You're welcome. Have a good ha- happy New Year and have yourself a great week. All right. Bye-bye. All right.
2: Nice talking to you.
1: And you too. Well, that was just, I always, I love having Jim on. It's just, it can, you never know where it's going to go, but we are of course at the end of another, you know, another awesome segment and we really appreciate everybody being in chat. So thank you very much for that. And if you, wherever you're, you're watching the show, please, you know, show us a little bit of support and uh, like us, follow us, you know, love us, whatever <laughs> subscribe. We're very appreciative. Uh, every number counts. So thank you in advance for that. Big thank you, uh, to Jim Gerard for joining us. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring us. Big thank you to Justin Snicker, uh, aka Dr. Snick the Sonic Surgeon for um, his contribution of his voice and his music for our intro and our outro big thank you to Steve McGinnis for all of his amazing artwork um, it's, it's a combination of everybody that just makes us all who we are right now and that includes all of you guys who are in the chat rooms everybody's listening I don't think people understand that our live listenership Um, ranges anywhere from 2.7 and we've hit as high as 3.4 million people every single night and that is because of everyone who listens and we do try to bring you the absolute very best uh, for every show we try to be creative with our guests and bring back a lot of the favorites so that's a big thank you to everybody uh, who makes this show what it is Uh, if you'd like to see a certain topic or guest please the outer realm contact at gmail.com So again, the email is the Outer Realm Contact at gmail.com or go to the Outer Realm Facebook page, click on the email button, brings you right back to us. So tomorrow night, as you heard us talking, we have Hamilton White and Richard Stanley. They have a whole lot of stuff going on. I know Hamilton's um, just purchased the Henry Lincoln Library. There's a lot that goes with that. If you think Henry Lincoln, think Holy Blood, Holy Grail, Da Vinci Code, all of that, but but people don't realize is Henry Lincoln was so much more. And, uh, you know, Hamilton is going to talk about that and more. And Richard has just got so he's always got things going on in the zone and he's just a wealth of information. And the two have also collaborated on projects as well. So you guys are going to be made privy to a live show with both of these guys. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun because it always is. So, um, You know, make sure you join us uh, for that. So, in the meantime, guys, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.